Hello and welcome to East to West WLS, the podcast where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April and I'm the West. And I'm Jason and I'm the East. Today we are thrilled to be welcoming, full disclosure, one of my oldest and dearest friends, Miss Callie Holcomb. Hi, Fred. Hello, excited to be here. Thank you. So the reason that we invited Callie on is because she is one of the premier event and wedding coordinators, planners, designers in all of Washington state. I have been to all of her events. She even planned my sister's elopement and it was the most magical, special event I had ever been to. And it was an elopement on the side of a mountain. And yet you created this like mythical, magical experience that was just over the top and your skill is unparalleled. And we are focusing this month on celebrations, how we can make celebrations about the reason and not necessarily the food or drink. So when Jason and I were talking about how are we going to celebrate this upcoming holiday? How are we going to really kind of shift how we do things? You were the first and only person that popped into my mind. So I am so thankful that you have joined us on this podcast because people are going to walk away with a completely new understanding of what it means to celebrate and what it looks like. So thank you for joining us. You're welcome. I'm excited. Dude, it's going to be amazing. So before we dive in, I just want to let our listeners and our followers know a little bit about East to West. Jason and I started this podcast because after our bariatric procedures, there was no support whatsoever. Our surgery, you know, process was great. We're wonderful. But afterwards, there was no support for us. And he and I met after attending one of my virtual bariatric meetups. We absolutely connected. We realized our conversations were meaningful. And we decided that we wanted to kind of make a support system for the bariatric community. So that's how we ended up here with East to West. Uh, If listening to a podcast is not maybe your favorite way of learning, we highly encourage you to check out our YouTube channel. As you can tell, we are all adorable. Jason's very handsome. Callie is like model of the year and... I mean, I'm funny and I talk a lot with my hands. So we highly recommend you check out our YouTube channel. (laughs) It's awesome. Uh, And all kinds of information is there as well. So that's all the good stuff. But now to the the real meat of our conversation, Miss Kelly Holcomb. So uh, a little bit of backstory again, I guess, about you and I. You and I met in kindergarten. We did. We did. Friendship at first sight. It really was. When I think back to to our first day of kindergarten, I don't know if you and I were sitting next to each other, but for some reason we decided that we look like each other's people and that was the end of it. Uh, It was the very first day. We exchanged bluebird earrings and 30 something years later, here we are. (laughs) Still besties and like like going through life together, you know, that's it. I mean, we may not speak every single day, but man, as soon as we get together, it's like we, no time has left, has passed. Yes. Yep. It's a, it's a pretty special friendship and it has been an honor to watch your business bloom and grow. And I'm astounded every day at what you can create from your brain, because it's not something that people are good at. But the reason I think this conversation is really going to be so powerful is you have the ability to create these celebrations and to create kind of this like feeling at an event no matter the size. So it could be a very intimate gathering. It could be something even that we're doing on Zoom or it could be a huge corporate event. Whatever you're doing, the reason for the celebration is always front and center. And after bariatric surgery, 
that's how we have to celebrate. Food and drink cannot be the center of the reason that we're celebrating. It's, it's just not possible for us anymore on a physical level or on an emotional and a mental level. So to learn how we can shift our celebrations away from food and drink and back to the reason of the celebration is going to contribute to our long-term success after bariatric surgery. So today we're really gonna be diving into kind of three big topic areas, right? Defining our reason for celebrating, uh, talking about how we can shift the focus of celebration from food to, or you know, away from food and back to celebration. And then we're really excited to hear your tips and trips, tips and tricks for creating these memorable events uh, and, and activities. And of course, all being bariatric friendly. And the other thing that is really going to make this conversation powerful is I'm your second friend to have gone through bariatric surgery. The woman who inspired me to have my own procedure, Veronica, is one of your very good friends as well. So we kind of have like this, this big old connection between the three of us. And I'm very excited to learn about how your relationship with Veronica has kind of changed and how your celebrations with her have changed, because I know they've changed with me as well. And just to understand this from a perspective of somebody that has not had bariatric surgery, I think is going to be really, really meaningful and super powerful. Yeah. Okay. Are you guys ready? Are you ready to dive in? Ready. Let's do this. Okay. So first things first, we always love to give our guests kind of the floor to just introduce yourself uh, and just share with our listeners and share with the watchers just kind of who you are as a person. So like, you know, what do you enjoy? Who are you all about? How did you get to be where you are today? Yeah. Well, you started off real good. So good. Uh, my name is Callie. I, uh, I own a wedding event planning company out of the Sumner area focused primarily on Western Washington. Um, and we'll go to Cannon Beach to go do weddings and events. If anybody wants to go there, um, that's my destination, my favorite destination spot. Um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Uh, I'm currently a teacher. Um, I would not say by trade. I would say by necessity at this point, thanks COVID. Um, and so we are learning, I think that together, I will say that there is a skill set that every single person has. And I think that April is a teacher by her passion and her, the, like every single ounce of being within her. And that is why I'm like teachers, even now I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And which is the reason also like for what I do, I do everything with every ounce of that. I'm really good at wedding planning. I don't know. It's just something that like makes my brain work the best. Um, I, well, April's family had a jewelry store growing up. So I learned quickly about diamonds growing up. And I would say that's kind of the start of my love of weddings. Um, I also have to say my love of parties and celebrations has a lot to do with your mama too, because your mom is like queen bee when it comes to parties and celebrations. Um, she is. She is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have mm -hmm. very like vivid memories of coming downstairs from a slumber party, mind you, this is not like a party. This is just like, Hey, I came over to spend the night and her mom has everything laid out all pretty. And like, literally like we had bran on top of, I don't know what, but I was like oh, yeah. varnished on top of, I think it was like oatmeal, oatmeal or something or and fruit. I said, fruit and then this, and then this, and this, and then like for me, like growing up, like my, that wasn't the experience in my house. Um, and so going, I think that like my love of like those small details and the thoughtfulness really does stem a lot from Lori, Mama Lori. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I love, 
I love to eat and I love to drink like a lot of us. And I think that like growing up with like that, and I think most people, their celebrations are surrounded by food and beverage. And like when you are consistently, that becomes the norm, then that's just what you do. And so it's kind of like, again, like breaking any cycle, we just have to like go, oh, okay. Now we recognize it and now we can move forward. And the, all those, we can still get together hopefully soon, um, we can still get together, but have it not be surrounded by like why we're like a lot of food and drinks and everything along those lines. It can be, it can be else other things too. I'm sure we'll get into that, but I. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Well, and I think what you said just in your introduction uh, when it comes to celebrations is very important. Sometimes I think we think that for a celebration to be memorable, it has to be like this big, huge, like formal affair. And as you and I experienced growing up with my mom, any moment in your life or in your day can be a moment for celebration. And what makes it a celebration are those little, uh, you know, paying attention to the little details mm -hmm. and really thinking about how you want to present, you know, yourself or this celebration or the meaning in, in the smallest of details. I mean, my mom always sets uh, a, a place, even if it's for breakfast. And like Kelly, you said, it's so perfect. We would, we would come downstairs from a slumber party and she would have like the, the bar set up with placemats and, and, uh, you know, those little milk pouring things and yeah, brands sprinkled over the fruit and, you know, a fun little card or an activity. And that was just breakfast. So yeah. it doesn't have to be like this big, huge thing. It's just simply, you want to take a moment in time and turn it into something special. And it isn't big, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was just tiny, but look at that. You remember this like 30 something years later. That's yeah. what stands out to you. It does. And I think it is those small moments and just taking, and I think everybody gets wrapped up and thinking it has to be grand and it has to be something, but realistically, and I think that even in COVID, we've realized that it is the small pieces and it is those small thoughtful moments is what we really, what captures our heart and like our feelings and all of those things. Um, and so, yeah, and I think that the, it is the details. It is the details, however minute. And it's something like, and I always say this, like it's leaving somebody a card in the morning on their car or on their window. And it has nothing to do with anything hard. There was no, like you wrote it on a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be fancy, but like it comes from the heart. And I think all celebrations need to come from a place of thoughtfulness, you know, whether it's you're celebrating a milestone in your life, whether it's like, you know, another pound lost or, you know, or, you know, how far you've come to this point, or mm -hmm. just even a good grade on a test or that you finished reading a book that maybe it was harder for you and you didn't, but I mean, I know we're dealing with that, like with my kiddo. And it's just like, when we see those little tiny things, it's like, we're capturing those moments and we're putting a celebration around it. And so, yeah, it's- Well, it, it's, it's good It's good that you mentioned it that way because in the bariatric community, one of the things that April and I really, really put a lot of emphasis on is celebrating small wins, even the smallest of wins, because what we tend to do in our community is get hung up on the fact of how far we still have to go to meet a goal, or we still have, you know, well, I've done this, but I still have this to do. I'm getting through to this, but I still had this obstacle to overcome. So it, you said it perfectly when you mentioned, you know, the fact that even the smallest of wins is something that you can put a lot of love and, and, and thoughtfulness into 
and celebrate yourself even on those small wins. Even if you're not celebrating somebody else, celebrations can come in all different forms, shapes, and sizes. And I really think that that's something that a lot of our community really needs to focus on are those even the smallest of wins or something that can be celebrated. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and I even think back this year for my birthday, it, you know, I was during COVID. We've all, I think, almost gone through a birthday now during, during COVID. And Callie, you sent me this amazing box. It was party napkins. It was like this topper for maybe like a cake or, or cupcakes and a party hat and maybe some candles. I mean, it wasn't anything super extravagant, but it was the most amazing gift. It was the most amazing way to celebrate. And I remember I put on my hat and I got everything ready and I FaceTimed you and yeah. we had like a mini celebration. It yeah. was so meaningful and it was over Zoom. It was over yeah. time. I mean, it, it, you know, you, you have to make the best of every situation and by acknowledging the small things or acknowledging something that you normally would do in a big way, in a small way, almost means more because you've gone out of your way to really think about the person and to really think about what's important in their life and to acknowledge this, this thing that they've, that they've gone through, acknowledge this milestone. And you've done so in a way that, that is meaningful, right? I mean, you didn't send me food. You didn't send me any of that. You sent me literally things to like have a mini celebration with. It was perfect. It was just amazing. Uh, so that's really what the root of this conversation is all about. How do we how do we create that? How do we do that in our everyday lives? And how do we really focus on on the why? So that it's not all about food and drink. Because like you said, sometimes you can't separate food and drink from celebration. They just go hand in hand. It's maybe it's like one of the things that make humans amazing. We get to celebrate with food and and with drink. But if we make it not the center then we are moving closer to our goal of living our lives at a, at a healthy weight and still celebrating and enjoying the, the small things in life. So I do have a question for you and, I, and being in your industry, this might be a little bit difficult, but I wanna know, how do you know when people are celebrating for the right reason? Because I'm sure you have encountered people that are very excited for their wedding, because of the wedding, not because of the union, not because of who they are, not because of what they're entering into. So how can you tell when you, when, when you're working with somebody that's maybe celebrating for the right reason? For the right reasons. Well, honestly, I think that COVID has been, I know we bring it back to that, but like it has opened my eyes because the real reality is, is like, you can watch, you know, reasons why people are getting married. So like, you know, and we've seen this this year, cause there's a lot of times that like, and I, I'm one of those people that like, when I got married, I wanted a big party. So like, mm -hmm. I get it. Like, I love to have people and like the emotion and the celebration and all of those things. And then a lot of those couples that felt the same way that are like, you know, let's do something that's more like we can do what we can do. Cause right now we're obviously we're stuck in mandates and all those things. And this season, what ended up happening is those, some of those couples that were like, had the grand plan of like having their big reception. They're like, okay, we'll have our mini wedding and then we'll have the big party later. Well, you know what happens? We've canceled the big party because mm -hmm. they came back into it and they said it was never really about the big party. It was really about celebrating this union with the people around us. And I think there's, and you know, for me in the industry, I mean, I make my money off of large events, you know, mm -hmm. but what we're seeing is, is that I think that people are taking that and they're like, it's almost like ex the expectation of what they should do and how they should feel versus what they came back to and were like, 
this actually was exactly what I wanted. I just didn't know what I wanted. I hope I'm answering that question, but um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's been an eye opener, at least for me specifically, um, because that is, that's a really amazing thing. And I had a couple last, when we could do receptions, when we had, you know, a little ounce of time. Yeah. We're in the Seattle area, so that changes often. Um, and they, we could do a small reception and they said that they were like, we're not, so they forego, they just canceled their whole wedding, their whole big rip party next year, because she said, I don't ever, I can't top what this meant for us to have our very small, intimate group of people celebrating together, being together and really taking it all in. They're like, I don't want to do it again because it was so perfect the way that it was. Wow. And so it's such an amazing thing that I think that like, it's also a reset of like mindset too. I mean, just like all of these things, just saying like, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to have that. Now, if you want it later, yes, let's do it. Absolutely. But you have to remember that sometimes, and then I also think part of this process in this last year is that a lot of couples, you know, they, the, it's that first initial hit that they push against. And I think that like with all, you know, your guys' changes, it's that first initial like hard day, that first initial hard piece. And you push against, push against, push against. And then all of a sudden you release and you're going, okay. But it's sometimes it's like, you kind of have to go through that. And I think that like, that's real similar, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know, you tell me if that's similar to your experience, but I feel like it, you, sometimes it needs to push and then you need to go, okay. And then you come down and then you realize, okay, that was such a good thing. You're right. And then that makes it easier to like continue to move forward. And I think you bring up such a perfect point because after surgery, you are, you're so hopeful that life will be normal, right? That really nothing will change. I'm just going to magically weigh this different weight. And the only reason that that's going to happen is because I've had surgery. Yeah. Jason shaking his head. He and I have both experienced this. You, how you described it is so perfect because you really are, you, you are pushing, pushing, pushing for this normalcy. And then you go to your first event or you have your first drink or you have your first like big meal after surgery. And then you are miserable. You are physically uncomfortable. You are emotionally a wreck because you realize, oh my God, I was so excited for this. And what I was excited for was the food or the booze. And I could barely eat anything or I drank half a glass and now I'm so intoxicated, I'm so drunk off my ass, I'm making an idiot, you know, I'm making a fool of myself. And all of a sudden you have to come face to face with your new reality, which is, holy shit, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it is devastating. It mm -hmm. is because you finally have to say to yourself, oh my God, food, food played a much larger role in my life than what I ever thought it was. And now I have to learn how to not only live without it, but not include it in my celebrations or not have it be like the main reason that I'm celebrating. It's terrifying. Well, I mean, and it's a, I think a lot of it, like, like what both of you guys are saying, it, it comes to a point where you realize that what you thought was going to be your centerpiece is now an accessory. So what you thought you were going to build your whole party around became an afterthought and a side, you know, something that you kind of tossed to the side and then realized eventually something you didn't even need after all. So you've got to put it back in the box and focus on what was most important all along, which is the people that were there to celebrate it with. Yes. 
Dude, I'm like, I have goosebumps. He, Jason always does this. He always does this in every conversation. He comes up with these, like, you just think like, oh, it's just, you know, it's just Jason. He's just like, do, do, do. And then he's like, oh, it's not your centerpiece. It's an accessory. What the, f like. I live for the April face. Every single, every single episode, I do my best for her to make the April face. And when she does, usually I can contain myself, but this time I, I couldn't do it. No, but... Oh my God. Well, but I mean, Kelly, you, but you know exactly what this is like, right? I mean, you work so hard thinking that this thing, like this item is going to be mm -hmm. like, oh, this is it. And then it happens and you realize, oh, holy shit, I totally missed the mark. This is not yeah. it. This, this is, is not, not it. it. No, no. And I think that like, that is like, that's totally the case. And so I think that like, you know, weddings and or events, what I've learned in the last year is like the ones that are the, the most thoughtful and meaningful have taken it down and they said they're really focusing on like the true reason of why they're getting down to that like nitty gritty piece of like what it is that they're there for. And so that's, you know, I would say that like a lot of it is, it has nothing to do, like the stuff around it is just the things. It's just the, the formalities, but like the celebration and the meaningful conversations and the, the meaningful toasts and the dancing and, you know, just being surrounded by the, those people that you love and you're celebrating that moment with those mm -hmm. people is what it's really about. And everything else is just extra, you know? So how do you, how do you help your clients get to their why? How do you, how do you help them go from like, oh, this big, huge thing down to oh, this is actually what's most important for us. How do you do that with them? It's, you know, and it's tricky. I would say that because sometimes their why is a celebration and is a big party. Like, you know, and then sometimes it's like just marrying the love of their life. And sometimes, you know, and I think that like weddings or even events, like for example, um, we are doing a drive-through event this weekend and we had all these ideas because, you know, no COVID or no, no contact, all these things. And like, the clients came and I kept asking him and said, you know, I know that we normally do this big party and it's 900 people at a convention center and it's totally not what we're going to do this year. But I know that the reason you get together is to celebrate family because they're all about like family. They're about mm -hmm. connection with family. And so I had to really come down to that. And April actually helped me a lot with that one. We went, <laughs> I was like, I think I know what event this is. <laughs> That's a whole thing. But, um, <laughs> but like, we got down to it and they wanted connection with their people and they wanted still family connection with dad or mom or dad at work. And this is what mom and dad do. And then we're bringing our family to interact with, you know, all the owners and these people, and then still creating this like celebration around it. And so this year in particular for that that client, they said that when they want a connection and they still wanted family and that's exactly what we did. So we're doing a drive through holiday party with all of the owners and all the executive team being the workers, which is under normal circumstances, they're the ones just mixing and mingling, but like mm -hmm. they're the ones passing out the gifts and passing out the books and passing out the turkeys and having the conversations and really being a part of that. And that's getting down to that why is becoming so much more important these days because we are so limited what we can do that like it's coming down to the reasons why, not just because why yeah and as you were saying that I was really yeah I, I remember the personal conversation you and I had about this dilemma and it, it was a struggle to kind of at first figure out well how how is this event going to take place like you said normally it's this huge corporate event how do we 
boil that down to something that's safe and effective for everybody, but still connects people. Mm-hmm. And in our personal conversation, you and I kept asking like, okay, but, but why, like, why do they want to do this? Or why are they stuck on this? And why, why, why? And at the end of that, well, I mean, I guess in the middle of that conversation, it was like, yeah, but they're all about family. And this to me just doesn't feel like a family, like what they want is not connecting to family, right. but there is a way that we can still connect at a distance or, you know, in these different avenues. So that why is, it really parallels beautifully with what we have to do in our bariatric recovery, which is constantly check in with our why. Why did we do this? Why did we take this risk? Why did we undergo all that we have? Uh, And we have to keep our why front and center when we're planning out our day or when we're making decisions that comes to things that are stressing us out. I mean, even as simple as like, well, I really wanna have a candy bar. Well, why? And does that align to what I'm trying to do in my life? So. It, it, it's a common theme that continues mm-hmm. to, to kind of be presented, but clearly it's, it's a really important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are you doing to, to help clients? So, so once they arrive at their why, right. And you really kind of narrow down like, okay, th- this is really what, what they, what they want to do and why they want to do it. Mm-hmm. How are you finding creative ways to, to connect them to their why and the celebration during COVID? What are some things that you're doing to help foster that? Yeah, I mean, really thinking outside the box, like, for example, um, or, or giving them a box, I know it sounds weird, but like, for example, like, if it's really important, like, if you're a, like, and I think we talk, like, what is it, the five love languages? And like, mm-hmm. you have to really think about like, that also comes into why, like, what do you love to do? Are you a service person? Are you a gift person? Are you a, you know, all the other, I can't even remember off the top of my head, but like, those are the kind of things too that like, and I think that can kind of go back to that. It's like, how do you celebrate? How do you move through those? And like, then we start plugging in the pieces of like, okay, do you want to give? Do you want to experience? Do you want to connect? Like, where are all those pieces? And so then we start really going, oh, okay. Well, if you are a gifter, if like your love language is gifting, like if that's a big piece for you, and like, I have a girlfriend right now, the confetti party box who I sent you that. Yes. yes. And she's one of those people that like, cause I don't have to have all the answers. I'm just, I'm a planner, but I have all these vendors that do amazing things. And so it's like also outsourcing too for other people and say, Hey, like I have this idea, like, what do you think? And I think brainstorming is also part of the process too, but like, um, yeah, helping them get to that and saying like, do you want to, and then what are you giving? Like if giving is a thing that you really, and then we're getting to holidays, like what is it about giving? Is it, is it meaningful? Is it like, for example, is it like, for example, I have um, a family friend who always has a big holiday party every year and they're not having it obviously. And they said, but they all, the people that always come to this party said, well, we still want to be connected. We still want to contribute. We still want to have this moment, even if we're not all together, at least we're all thinking about each other. What they did is they put together a box for two and every single one of the couples contributed something. So people were smoking salmon, people were making jam, people were making pot holders, people were, you know, donating like, or like poinsettias, like I'm, I'm gifting them, um, hot chocolate. I got to call her tomorrow. And, you know, <laughs> um, and like, it doesn't have to be anything, but it's also, it's about again, connecting and giving. So she was all about connection and giving. And so they created this whole thing and reached out to all those people that they normally connect with 
during the holidays who bring cookies or what all these things to their parties and said, how can we do this? And something like it's totally fun, meaningful, thoughtful, and still really, you know, driving to the point of why, because you want to connect and you want to give, because those are all the things that they wanted to do. So it was cool. It's, it's a really cool thing. And I'm actually, I'm so stealing this because that is like my new favorite thing to do. Like well, it's and it's so, it's so ingenious because it, it really hits on a lot of different levels. So what you, what you really, again, you keep saying awesome things, not surprising, but right. You really have to connect your why and you have to connect what you enjoy doing as like a party person, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so you really have to identify, okay, why, why is it that I, that I want to do this? And what is my area of forte? Like, yeah, am I doing this to gift? Am I doing this to, to connect? Am I doing this to, to be a service? Am I doing this to, yeah, to empathize, right? Whatever those two things are, to marry them and then come up with a type of celebration around what you're best at is really what's gonna make that event memorable. I mean, that's, oh, that is ingenious. Yeah. It kind of reminds me. So, you know, Kelly, every year we go to Leavenworth as a family. Every year. Yeah. Every year. And we do the scavenger hunt. So Jason, my uncle puts together this list of crazy things that we have to look for in Leavenworth, like a Hanukkah themed toothbrush or a five bald snowman, right? Like crazy stuff like that, just like crazy stuff. And it forces us into all of the shops every year, right? Because we've gone for like 30 years in a row now. I mean, no joke. Uh, and of course, COVID struck this year and we didn't go. And we were all really missing this fun activity that we would do together as a family. And the week that we were supposed to go to Leavenworth, he sent us all an email and he was like, oh, update to the rules committee. Uh, here's the scavenger hunt for this year. And we were like, what? Like, I don't understand. We're not going to Leavenworth. He, no shit, came up with a scavenger, a holiday light scavenger hunt that we did from our cars. So every family did it on their own, right? And there was 15 things that we had to drive around our neighborhood and look for. And it was like a Thanksgiving and a Christmas decoration in one. It was red, white, and blue lights. It was like, I, I, yeah, like five bald snowmen, right? Like all these crazy things that we had to do, but you did it in the comfort of your own home and just with the people that you live with. And then he hosted a socially distant driveway party where we literally all sat. I mean, his entire driveway was just chair rings of chairs. We all brought drinks, our own drinks. And then we went through the list. And as we got to the line, you would have to text him your video or your picture to like prove that you did it. And then we got to argue about like, well, you only have red and white. You don't have red, white, and blue, or that's not a turkey. That's a right. So it was this hilarious back and forth banter. It was very similar to what we had done in the past. It was so festive. It required like no money from everybody. And like Grady and I had a blast driving around our local neighborhoods looking for these items. It was so much fun. And it was right up his alley, right? His why was to connect our family in a time when we're all feeling disconnected. And his like, his way of giving back is to is to create these, these memorable moments that are exciting and fun and that we talk about all year round. Mission accomplished. And who would have known something that simple could have been that memorable, such a wonderful way to celebrate. And, and, and we could have either gotten together, we could have done what we did in person or we could have done it on Zoom. It would have been the exact same thing. But what a wonderful way to celebrate the, the season. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a... a when you really boil it down to, to, it really sounds silly, but when you boil it down to basics, that's really what it's about. You can take all these grand celebrations down to very minimal things as long as the connection is still the root of it. And especially 
being separated like we are by COVID or we doing this by Zoom or FaceTime or whatever it is, this really kind of removes food from the equation when it comes to that. And it's almost a way for us to come up with it on our own, a way to find the why and the exact point of the celebration and not have it surrounded by food. So if anything, one of the best things that's come out of COVID and things like, you know, what we're dealing with this, this whole year of 2020 has been, you know, for the, the, those of us that are new out of surgery, it's made it a lot easier for us to learn how to build these celebrations around things other than food and drink. So it, I think this is, it's, it's really helped a lot. It's pretty impactful. I mean, we, I think after surgery, we, we all kind of have that moment where we realize, oh my God, I was, I was addicted to food or I was relying on food or, you know, food was the center of all of my celebrations. And then you have to confront it. And COVID has really, yeah, like you said, it's either put us in a box or it's opened this box for us because now we do have to get creative in, in how we do things. But when you're doing things from a distance or when you're doing things differently, it kind of means that food and drink can fall by the wayside or it's not the main, what would you call it, Jason? It's not the main attraction. It's not the centerpiece of the celebration. It's the centerpiece, it's the, yeah, it becomes an accessory at that point. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, so Kelly, how do you recommend, so if somebody is listening to this and they just think, oh my gosh, I've never planned a celebration at all, or this is new to me, or, or I'm just really stuck because I'm having a hard time thinking in this new mindset. How would you recommend, how do you go about planning uh, a celebration that, th that is meaningful and impactful in, in the time that we're living through? Yeah, and I, um, that's actually, you know, and I think there's so many options out there, but like I was brainstorming as soon as you text me a couple of days ago, you're like, or, you know, a week or so. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I have this idea and then this idea and then I was like, this is perfect. I think that like, even for me personally, as just not a planner, but like somebody who just wants to be around people. And I think we're all craving that, but on top it's so, but it's also like, why am I craving that? Like, what do I really want? And like, I have like my son and I have been playing games, like mad like I want to bring back the old-fashioned like game night like having like fun and like what you're there for is like to focus on a game or you know a card or whatever it is like like we've been playing rummy cube like it's gone on nobody's business and checkers and all these things but like thinking outside of like what like that I mean yes okay you might have a glass of wine or you might have or nothing but like it's not you're not there for that and also you have taking out of you know taking it out of the the time frame of like maybe you're not doing it early on where like a food typically like you know a dinner would be maybe you're pushing mm -hmm. it to like seven o'clock so everybody's eaten you know their their dinner and those things it's also like kind of adjusting times where I think we're so conditioned to be like oh we're having morning brunch okay great 11 o'clock oh you're having lunch 12, one o'clock, you're having dinner, five, six o'clock. So mm -hmm. I think that like moving those times and like almost playing with the expectations of what other people may in fact do. And it's just to say, oh, hey, like have your dinner ahead of time. Um, let's do game night at seven o'clock. Why don't you just come over at seven? So I think like adjusting that is also part of it. Um, and I also think that like creating maybe like a workshop, a class, something that you all are going to learn and participate with and like the focus is more on the activity and less on like what you're doing before or after you know mm -hmm. and I think that like um that's always like April like when we did we for was it your bachelorette party 
I, can't, I think so. And we did long, uh, the paddleboard or was that Kristen's? I can't remember. Oh, oh God. Yeah. It was either Kristen's or uh, yeah, it might've been Kristen's. For Kristen's we had, because her her name is K-R-I-S-T-E-N. So we always say, oh, you a tan girl, you're a tan. So we came up with 10 activities for her bachelorette party and and it was on a schedule. So every couple hours she got to turn over one of her K-10 cards and it was a new activity. Yeah, and it was paddle, we had a paddle boarding lesson. Um, I think we even had like a bartender come. We got a drink mixing lesson. There was a, uh, oh my God, a barbecue lesson. There was a, something with reading. It, we, we identified 10 things that she loved to do. And then we kind of brought in experts to teach us, or we made time in our day to do those things that, that she loved. And it was, it was awesome. I think it, was, it turned out really, really well. It was so memorable. Like it was one yeah. of those things that goes, I'm like memorable. I can't, I was like, which we've had a lot of fun. So at the lake, so yeah. I'm always like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I do remember it. I mean, yeah. But, um, but I would say that like those kind of things is like, and also saying like thinking outside the box, like my have, I have a girlfriend, Mindy. And during a couple years ago, we made pumpkin. She brought in this gallon. We did like a pumpkin succulent garden. And it's like every, like everybody just brought that in. And it was so fun because like, we all talked about it and we saw our creativity when we were all learning something and we, you know, got outside of our box too. I think that that's like a big part of it. And then, or like, you know, maybe, maybe your activities now, instead of like, you know, sitting around and, you know, having just like, what if you're like, I want to go on a hike, let's go like thinking activities wise and just being like, okay, what can we go do that still creates this conversation still creates these things, but we're doing it in a, in a very different way. And, um, you know, and being active and being true to like what your goals are too. So, I mean, if, you know, if being active is really important for you is that if that's one of your whys in your process, like bring those people along, you know, they might begrudgingly say, I don't really want to go on a hike, but you're like, I don't really care. I'm coming. You're coming. And you're like, you'll go. So <laughs> this well, is usually how it works in Cali. And that's kind of the thing about it is like the, the more you keep your hands busy, keep your mind busy, you kind of keep everything moving along that way. And everything else kind of falls by the wayside. You're not really worried about anything else, especially in our new, you know, post-op mindset where we have so much of our brain free to not think about or be worried about food so much. If you put an activity in front of us, all that shit just kind of flies out the window. Yeah. We're worried about the task at hand. We're worried about everything else. So that just, that, that's no longer the center of the, of our thoughts. And so I think that's a perfect idea and way to kind of transition those things is keeping, keeping people busy with activities and things like that. You know, food won't, you know, it, it'll be easy to not have food be the center of the attention of the activity. Well, and especially when you're, when you're putting, you know, when you're just acknowledging like, well, I, I want to have this, this memorable event, but I don't want food to be the centerpiece. Let people deal with their own food, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're doing it digitally, or even if you're doing something in person, invite them to the, to the, to the thing that you're doing. Right. So it's like, well, dude, you know, well, yeah, it's going to start at eight o'clock because we're not doing dinner or we're not doing drinks or we're serving mocktails. We're not having alcoholic beverages. Right. But you're putting the onus on people dealing with their own food, um, you know, that's on them. And that just releases us to think about how we're going to celebrate and the memories we're going to create and kind of the flow of our event 
that makes it really easy to just know that people are adults and they can handle handle themselves, right? And for you not to have to worry about the food piece makes it all the much easier, right? Because your meal is probably gonna be very different from theirs. It's just, it doesn't even become a part of the equation, which frees up all of your brain capacity to focus on your why and to focus on the celebration and the event and to not worry about what am I eating or what am I not gonna eat? Or, oh, I really wish I could have that, but I can't. It's just not even there anymore. This is not even yeah. a thing. It cuts out all that anxiety, all the pre-party planning, what you have yeah. to do, how you're going to get it together, what time you got to start cooking it, what's everybody yep. going to say about my plate, and yep. mine's going to look different than theirs, and it's, yeah, all the anxiety goes away, and you can focus on the task at hand. Yeah. And I well, think, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. And I was just going to say, too, that I, I mean, and I, you know, being a best friend of yours and watching you and Veronica go through this, like, me as a person, I'm more interested in like, how can I be helpful to you? Mm -hmm. And I think that like, you're going to see like people's that's some, the support is also coming from like, okay, how can we do this together? Like, and also asking, you know, asking those people that you love and trust, like, I need your help. Like, how can, how can we do this? And like, do you have any options? Do you have any ideas? And really like leaning on those people and not, ex not expecting them to be like judgy, but almost saying like, Hey, like, this is my new norm. Like I want still, like, I still need the connection and I still love you. And I still want to be with you, but like, can we do this in a different way? And all those people that love and support you will, will change will, will adjust because they know that that's important to you. Just like, as if they, you asked, if they asked you the same question, you mm -hmm. would do the same thing. So mm -hmm. I think that like also taking like, and there are, yes, you're going to have ju the judgy McJudgersons on any of those things, but like, whatever, you don't need them anyway. So, you know, and I think that that's all part of it too, is just being really open and honest with those friendships and with those connections to say, okay. And then the people that maybe you, maybe you still want to have a celebration. And maybe those are the ones that you're like, you push off and you do things that are different at a different time, or you do these, all these things too. So I would say well, that, like, that's, on that. that's, that's a lot of where the hesitation comes from too, is people are sometimes afraid to have those tough conversations that they have to maybe have with some of their friend groups and some of the people in their groups. They don't, you know, it's, it's harder for them to come out and say, Hey, this is kind of how we're going to, I need to be doing things from now on, or can you guys help me support that? Or am I going to have to start adjusting some of the ways that we do things? Because nobody want to really, you know, really wants to necessarily cut people out of their lives or, or adjust a lot of the celebrations they're having. But at the same time, some of those conversations, the tough conversations are going to have to be had if you're going to to live up to your best potential and do the things you need to do post-op for yourself, those tough mm -hmm. conversations are gonna have to be part of it from time to time. And I mean, Jason and I can speak to this all day long. We can't tell you, Kelly, how many times people reach out to us and they say like, this is my only place of support because I either don't have a lot of family, I don't have friends or I have very limited friends or I haven't told anybody that I have gone through this procedure. And it's like, oh my God, I mean, I'm so fortunate. I have such a supportive and large friend group and my family's very supportive. Jason's kind of in the same boat. And it just breaks our heart when we hear people struggle like this. But even if that is where you are in your life, it doesn't mean that you need to necessarily out yourself. And if you're not ready to have those kind of difficult conversations with your friends or with your family, it just means that you need to frame it more as a statement instead of a conversation. 
right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to invite people to do something. You're giving them the parameters of your event. And you're really not saying, you're not asking for their input. You're going to say, hey, join me at, at eight o'clock on Zoom for a Christmas read aloud. I'm so excited. This is my favorite book. And I'm really excited to share this with you. That's not a conversation. That's an invitation, yeah. right? So that's a way that you can kind of get around these uncomfortable conversations if you're just not ready to have them yet. Uh, but I think, yeah, you, everybody knows my number one mantra is just to be honest and to be open and to have those conversations with your friends and family because you really need their support to, to make that change and to, you know, and to bring them into your recovery because they want to be a part of it. Most, mo everybody in your life really wants to be a part of it. They want to see you su succeed and they want to help you. And it can be scary putting yourself out there because yeah, you're, you're afraid that maybe they'll reject you or they won't support you in the way that they need to. But through those honest conversations, those open conversations, even if somebody is helping you and they think that they're helping you and they're not, you're allowed to go, I so appreciate what you're doing for me. Um, you know, can we try doing it this way next time? Because I think this would be even more helpful. So you're not, you know, you're not throwing away the help that they're giving you, but you're really asking them to, you're just tailoring the support that you need. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's why people are, are in your life to, to, to support you. Um, you know, and Kelly, I think the other thing that you really said that's important too, when you're thinking about planning a celebration is that we really have to shift our mindset. We have to go from this like deficit mindset of, oh my gosh, all these things have been taken away from me and nothing is the same. We need to move away from that language and that thinking. And we need to shift to, okay, well, I really want to replicate this. How can I do that? Right. So just thinking about like your game night example, you can invite all of your friends to play charades or bingo or battleship or uh, any type of like almost traditional game you can do at your home. You can play Yahtzee together via Zoom. You could do Christmas trivia via Zoom or via FaceTime. So all of these things that all of these ways that we used to connect with people, we can actually still do it. It's just going to look a little bit different. But I think as all three of us have learned this year, the connections and the memories that we're making digitally, sure, they might not be the same, but for me, they're just as, they're just as meaningful because I can't, I can't go to your house, Kelly. I, you and I can't go have coffee. You and I can't go for a hike, right? But we can do this. And this is keeping our, our friendship. It's keeping our traditions. It's keeping our connection alive. And that's all that matters. It's not necessarily that we're not physically together doing it. It's the fact that we're still doing it in whatever environment it happens to look like. Yeah. So how, how had, I do want to talk about how you shifted, how you celebrate with Veronica and with me. So Veronica went through it first. So I know that you, you were really able to perfect how you support your friends who have gone through weight loss surgery. Cause when I told you that I was doing it, you were just like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I can't wait for X, Y, and Z. And it was all like exactly what you would need from somebody that was going to go through weight loss surgery. So it was like a no brainer, but when you went through it with Veronica, she went through it first. So that had to be a shift because I know when the three of us got together in the past, it was all about like the hardcore partying. It was just about having fun. Yeah. And now we have a ton of fun just in a different way. So how did you make that shift in celebration with her? Um, I mean, first and foremost, I would say that like, it is something and I'm like, I'm not alone. Like I'm one of those people, if you are just sitting there eating and drinking, I will be sitting there eating and drinking next to you. Like mm -hmm. that's like, that's just me. I would say that like, you know, and that's one of those things that I watched and I'm, I'm just like, I'm a very observant person. So I like, I watch people just by nature. That's just how I am. And I started watching her and I was like, okay, so we're not talking 
over here, we're actually sitting on the couch having a conversation rather than being surrounded by like smack dab in the middle of all the food. And like, that was one of my first things that I noticed. And now obviously I saw her weight loss and journey and all of those things. And for me, like, as you know, somebody who's always struggled with my weight too, that like saw seeing somebody like succeed so have like quickly and like long for long, such a long period of time. Like I, it was such a thing of like, oh, okay. Like I was like, okay, I got you. Like, I know that like in going out to dinner lunch with her, like I would have half of what she had. And I was like, for me, I was like, damn, I should probably just be eating half too. Like that's probably part of it too. But like, for me, I just really, I'm like, I'll support you. I'm like, we don't have, and then, you know, and going like, let's go get our nails done rather than let's go get cocktail hour, you know, just Mm -hmm. kind of like shifting, like what we did versus, you know, and then those kind of things. And I'm, and I would say that like, that's really important because I want to support my friends in their journeys. I mean, if you, if we're addicted to alcohol, I wouldn't be like, Hey, let's go to the bar. I mean, so I think this is no different. It's just like, Hey, I don't want to like, I know that under normal circumstances, we'd be going to Applebee's and getting this. So like, instead, like, let's go get our nails done or, Hey, you want to go shopping or, Hey, you want to go for a walk or you want to do these kind of things. And I think that like, for me, I really wanted to support that. And when you, when you told me that was a Fleetwood Mac day weekend, actually, or a treat yourself weekend. Oh, it was fun. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. I was like, yay. And I was like, but we were drinking champagne. I go, you, you I don't think you can have champagne after this. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, no more champagne after this, but then whatever. So, but yeah. So, but it was really kind of hilarious. Cause when I did tell you, Callie, you were like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then I remember you looked around and you're like, oh, but you can't do that. Oh, and you can't do that. And we won't be doing, we won't be eating here and we won't be doing this. And I was like, what the hell? And you were just like, that's just how it's going to have to be girlfriend. And it was like, okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, thanks for that bit of tough love. But at the same <laughs> yeah. time, it was it was never like, well, I'm not doing this with you and I'm not doing that with you. It was like, well, you can't do that, but we're going to be doing all of these other things. And yeah. it's, it's going to be even better than what you can imagine. And it was nice to hear that from your perspective because you've been through that with Veronica. You kind of already had those awkward or those weird moments with her when you realize like, oh, wait a minute, this might not be the best for her. So you were already armed with like, well, this is just what we do now. Like I've made this shift with Veronica. So making the shift with you is not a, it's not a big deal. And you had, you had seen the success that she had been through. And I think you had really seen how her life had changed that, you right. Your mindset was not deficit. Your mindset was like, oh my gosh, well, like champagne might be out of the, uh, out of the question for a while, but who cares? Look at what's coming your way. And it was just like, oh my God, like, I'm like, look what she can do and look how she feels and look how she looks. And, you know, look at all these things that are changing with her. Mm-hmm. Aren't you excited for that? And it's hard to be excited when you're before surgery and all you're doing is doomsdaying and thinking about that. But, you know, to have somebody in your corner like you to go like, no, 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 like, it's going to be fine. Like, yeah, you're going to miss this and you're going to miss that. But no, no, no. Like, look at all this stuff that, that we can do. Um, and it's been really wardrobe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I was like, we're just going to have to go shopping next year with a whole bunch of new, like smaller clothes. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yes. I mean, it's just, it it really is a, it really is a whole new world. And it's been so refreshing because you and I, I think every time we get together, there is some element of food or drink because you and I are both food or drink 
people, but it's not the main reason. Like we're getting together because we are going shopping or we're going for a walk or we're going to orange theory fitness. We're doing a workout together, right? Or we're going to look at the Peloton bike and compare it. Or we're, you know, all of these things that we're doing now in our relationship and how we celebrate, it's not the, it's not the center. And it's nice to know that when we go out for a meal, right? When we go out to lunch or when we go out to dinner, we either split a meal or I order an appetizer or whatever. And you don't question the three bites that I eat. And you don't question the fact that I'm ordering a watini or an iced tea because you're ordering the same, or it's just not even a thing. We're not there for the food. We're there to connect, we're there to kibitz, we're there to plan, we're there to problem solve. I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, you and I, we call each other all the time and we'll say, oh my gosh, I have to see you. And the second question is, okay, what are we, what's what's the purpose of our, is this, are we talking about business? Do, or do we need to solve a problem? Is something going on with our parent, right? I mean, there's such a focus to the reason that we're getting together and it's always about our friendship. And then it's, well, what are we, whatever we're gonna do, you know, or is secondary, right? But that focus is always like, okay, what is the, what's the why? Now that I'm really thinking about it, we always start with a why. And I think that's why we're able to, to get so much accomplished when we do get together. I mean, before COVID, you and I would have like power hour lunches and we would like, oh my God, yeah, business models and solving the world's problems and, you know, figuring out all this stuff. But it was so meaningful and we were able to to get a lot done and to and to celebrate all the things that were going on in our lives uh, in, a, in a very short amount of time. So that's that's always important. Oh, my goodness. OK, so what would be your recommendation uh, if people are planning a party in person, let's say this yep. year, and they're worried about food and drink, as Jason said, being the centerpiece, but they don't want it to be the centerpiece. How do you recommend people make, make those shifts? So let's say food and drink are still going to be a part of their celebration or still be a part of their party. How do they make it the, what do you call it, Jason? The appetizer, the, the accessory. The accessory. Thank you. How does it become the accessory and not the, not the, not the centerpiece? I mean, I would say like being really honest and saying like, if you're hosting a party and like what you, like, what do you want to eat? Like, what can you eat? And not really worrying about, I mean, you're, yes, you're a, you're a serve, you're, you want to be thoughtful to your guests, but you also know that like the people that are going to be there, like they're going to learn that if they want to eat a cheeseburger, they'll just go before, you know what I mean? So I would say like, you know, if it's fruits and veggies that are like, your mains that feels good to you and you know it's feeling it's giving you the nutrition and those kind of things and those are the things you know you can snack on or whatever having those be a focus again and i would say like taking less away from that i mean you know it's i think that all of us are going to change like as friends and you know as people we're all going to learn together and you know what and it's okay for other people to have their own lifestyle choices and their own things but like in your home and in your entertaining like, you know, maybe a veggie tray and, you know, some, I don't know, I don't like, you know, something, you know, some protein or something mm -hmm. small, but it's not like you're not busting out chips. You're not busting out like cookies. You're not doing those things because that's not how, who you are. And I think that like being true to like what your focus is, is there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe it's, maybe you decide that like, I love to do a veggie tray, but maybe this now I'm going to like rock out the most beautiful Martha Stewart inspired veggie tray that like they're going to marvel at. It's not just like thrown on a table. It's like, 
taking those thoughtful actions and putting them into it looking, maybe it's all presentation. Maybe like, you know, carrot sticks or carrot sticks, but maybe carrot sticks and beautiful glassware cups. And, and maybe you've made like a really like wonderful, like low fat dip that, you know, people are going to like dip and they're going to be like, this is amazing. And then you can also say like, yes. And it has all these nutritional facts in it and then kind of giving them things too. But I think that like part of it is also like presentation and just having what you would want to have there. And like, you know, and it's okay to not have the things that are, are expected, you know, and like, there's really nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So, and I think that like, it's probably that hurdle piece and just again, thoughtful, little small elements. And maybe it's an amazing platter that you got April, my platter queen, um, that like your, maybe the focus is like that new platter that you just, that we all saw on Instagram and all your Facebook, like, okay, now we're, it's debuting or those beautiful napkins that your mom has. And maybe the thoughtful in that time and effort is spent on maybe an overall vision for your, for your gathering, you know, and yes. maybe those perfect things rather than like creating just like an overflowing like buffet of food when that's not your focus anymore. So. Well, and that's, that's such a good point too. As you said, you're inviting people into your home. So, mm -hmm. so people need to dine on what is important for you and, and what is within your scope. So again, getting out of the deficit mindset, oh, I can't have this and chips and cookies and oh, no, 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 no. Oh, but I can present my food this way, or I can come up with some really creative recipes that fit within my macros and are aligned to what I need and are delicious anyways. Yeah. Cause right. you're right. People are, people are going to enjoy whatever they're going to enjoy. And if they kind of know your menu ahead of time and they're not into it, well, then they can just eat before they arrive. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Jason, you're the king of the kitchen. I mean, you absolutely love to, to entertain. What have been kind of some of your go-to recipes that fit your macros that you enjoy serving to guests that you invite over to your own home? I do a lot. I've shifted a lot to charcuterie boards, making sure that I'm doing heavy on meat, cheese, nuts, things that I can do and that still meet my nutritional values and needs. Um, heavy on chicken because I know that I'm going to be able to get that and do it. It's easy to make. It's quick. I don't have to worry about being in the kitchen for hours upon hours. Mm -hmm. um, you can still get in some good grill time with the guys out there around the grill when you're doing chicken thighs um, because that's a huge thing that people is, you know, if you're getting together and you're getting together outside, a lot of guys like to be around the grill. Chicken is super easy to do. Um, Chicken thighs I do a lot of just because they stay moist so you can get out there and season them up the way you want to. That I mean, that's that's really kind of how I've adjusted to it. So if I'm going to somebody else's house that is throwing a celebration, I pack my own stuff. If I know that they're, like you said, ahead of time, if I know the menu and I know there's not going to be anything there that's going to be good for me, I pack my own stuff and I take it. And keeping my own things central to myself in my own area and I keep myself away from the stuff I know I'm not supposed to have that keeps me in the best mindset to succeed that day in because you know as well as I do April you know taking this a day at a time every day is a battle we're waging against the better us that we want to be and mm -hmm. you just have to win the day you don't have to win the month you don't have to win the year Day by day, take your small wins and go. So if you take a, you know, package your stuff in a, in a little personalized cooler, take it with you, 
keep that by you at all times, do what you got to do. And that's how you make it through that one party or that one get together. And if you're doing it at your house, you're the one that sets the menu. You tell them ahead of time, you will, if you want anything else, go ahead and grab it before you get it. Well, and you said a lot of important things there, which I, I just didn't think about because again, I'm, you know, you're the male perspective. This is why I love our conversations because never think about this yeah grill time dude if you're throwing a party at your house the dudes are all going to be out at the grill like that's what they do so the fact that you're still doing you're still getting that time with your friends in a way that's familiar to you preparing a food that is a hundred percent on track for you I mean that's like a win-win-win that's that's amazing because it, it doesn't throw off the your flow it doesn't throw off your celebration it's what you would normally do anyways but you're still in your element. You're not throwing yourself off of your, off of your game. And the other thing that you said, it's a, a trick, a technique that I use constantly now is when I do go to other people's houses, I, I do not sit around the food and I don't sit around the bar. I will find it. If it's a quiet corner, I will go sit in a quiet corner and I will invite people over to conversate with me, or I will take up shop in a place that is just not around that. So I'm not tempted by those foods. And everybody knows that I've had surgery. So for me to show up with a built bar in my giant water jug is not out of the ordinary. That's just what I do now. Uh, and that just, again, keeps me, keeps me on point. And then knowing, yeah, if I'm throwing my own party, this is the food that I can eat. So nothing is off limits to me, right? I guess as long as I don't overindulge and make myself sick, I'm fine. But we know ourselves well enough to know, oh, all of these things I can enjoy. So there's no deficit here. I'm not missing out on anything. That's like super, super powerful. Yeah, and Callie, I love your idea about focus on the presentation, right? Even if you're maybe not super jazzed about your food or you're worried about what your guests will say about the food that you're serving, you can spice up anything and make it look fabulous and they're just gonna focus on your presentation. And I swear to God, food tastes better when it's presented beautifully. It just does. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, um, I would never eat oatmeal unless it's served in the beautiful little place settings that my mother serves it in, right? Fruit with bran, are you kidding me? But when it's yeah. served in this crystal waterford dish, oh, it's it's caviar or fruit. I mean, it's delicious. So. Well, I mean, that's the 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 term <laughs> made the, the term made with love didn't just spring out of nowhere. Like that that literally is something that I mean that there's truth in that. There, everything tastes better when it's made with love. When you know somebody went the extra mile to prepare that for you, it's gonna come out in the way that it tastes. Yeah, I 100% uh, agree, 100% agree. You know, and when I was in college uh, with Callie, <laughs> also, we, we've really done everything together. Yeah, you know, why not? There's no, there's no reason to, to stray from it now. Uh, but when I was in college, we, we took drinking and driving really seriously. And anytime that we went out, one of us was the designated driver. Uh, but we would, we would all be at the same bar together. Everything would be great. And one night it just dawned on me. I was like, God, this sucks that, you know, everybody's drinking a martini or they're having a Cosmo and I'm just having water. And I went up to the bar and I said, you know what? I, will you give me water in a martini glass? And I was like, and throw a couple olives in there because I like green olives. And she was like, okay. And it dawned on me. I was like, you know what? This is my Watini. And I told this to the bartender and she was like, oh my God. Remember this, Kelly? This is the mint. And there was that one bartender, I forget what her name was, but she was just fabulous. And I told her, this is my Watini. And she's like, oh my God. 
I am now serving a Watini. And they took a picture of me in my martini and they hung it on the wall and it was the Watini and it was for designated drivers, right? Yeah. But but just to be able to walk around the bar with the same glass that everybody was drinking out of with a little fake cocktail that was just water and dirty olive water. Right. But it made it made it more enjoyable for me. And it almost diffused like the tension that's in the room sometimes when you know somebody's not drinking. Right. Or when you know somebody's not eating, it's like, oh, God, I don't want to make them feel awkward or, well, I know they're not having a good time because they're not drunk. But when you when you kind of fake it to make it it really lightens the mood and it diffuses everybody, including yourself, right? So I could be at the mint all night long, partying up with people, drinking my watinis, not feeling like I'm missing out on anything, but staying the course, staying what, what was true to me. It met my goal. And my goal was to get all of my friends home safely and for me not to drink and drive. So that kind of became our mantra every time we went out. It was like, well, you're DD, so you're going to be enjoying watinis and I'm going to get smashed on whatever the hell they were. I was on you know, sale that night or what was the drink special. But I think we can apply that same logic, that same thinking to our celebrations, right? It's not the deficit mindset. I'm presenting something beautifully. We can make mocktails, right? Or we can enjoy a beverage out of our finest crystal and not throw ourselves off. We can still partake in the accoutrements of the celebration without it actually being filled with what's traditional, right? It's still a party if, if it's not, if we don't have all of those traditional elements. It's the fact that we're together, we're using our dishes, we're presenting it beautifully, we're conversating, we're creating these, these moments of magic for our friends and family. And it just doesn't have some of those more traditional elements, but that's okay. Maybe that will actually make it better. Maybe that will make it a, a, a better celebration. We just don't know until we try it. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I have never drank in my life. I've been 44 years of my life and never had a drink. But it's hilarious because I've always used that as like a, as like a, a conversation starter for myself. So I ever back in the day when I would go do those, when I would be in those in those elements, I always had a two liter of Mountain Dew with me every because that was what I drank. Like that was it. So I would just have that, and people would be like, "What? What is that for?" And I'm like, "What I'm drinking?" They're like, "You don't drink?" I'm like, "No." They'd be like. Well, that's weird. Like, have you never drank? And I'm like, no, not ever. And they're like, wow, I wish I could do that. Meanwhile, they're stumbling all over themselves and slobbering mm -hmm. everywhere, <laughs> like just blasted out of their mind. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't wish it the other way around. I don't wish I was doing what you were doing. So I'm good where I'm at. But yeah, that that's hilarious that you said it that way because I was like, I never even, I never even thought to try to blend in. But I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Right? This is the power of these conversations because we all share our own personal experiences and it sparks our own creativity, right? It's like, oh, I never thought about that. Or, oh my gosh, I could totally try that. That's how, that's why these conversations are so powerful and so meaningful because we all leave here inspired. We all leave here like jazzed about trying something new. And like, we're all three of us, we're all in such different places in our lives. We have different experiences. We, right. We seem like we're actually aliens from different planets, but really when we get together like this, we realize we are all the same. We all have the same goals and we can all learn and grow from each other. Yeah, definitely. It's a power conversation. Oh my gosh. Well, friend, I am just blown away by your creativity. I'm blown away by your insights. I know that people listening and watching this are going to leave feeling the same way. And really excited to celebrate this year in ways that we have maybe never thought of before. So I can't thank you enough for your, for your time and your energy this evening. 
Absolutely. This was so fun. I'm like, I'm like, I loved it. So anytime I was like, if I, I'll, I'll come back with some tips and tricks going forward into this next year. I love it. I love it. Well, and actually I have been working on, um, I would love to get this community uh, a type of like, cause you know me and this is my teacher coming through, but sometimes graphic organizers really help us organize our thoughts and like get everything in line. Right. So I would love to work with you to kind of come up with a party planning celebration graphic that will help people kind of work through all of the things that we talked about today. Cause there's so many gems that are sprinkled in, in this conversation. And I would love to come up with just a concise uh, tool that we can give people to help them through this difficult time, right? And and I think you are the perfect person to do that. So I'm very excited to partner with you on our celebration planner because it's going to be, I know, it's going to be phenomenal. I just love it. Oh, so we always uh, kind of open the floor to our to our guests. Is there is there any last minute bit of advice? Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners or our followers with? Like just a little parting bit of wisdom. Um. Oh gosh, that's a good one. Um, I will like to leave that there is a book that I'm currently reading. And so on the, it's called The Art of Gathering, um, which I know I can't, you just, you may be getting this for Christmas, just so you know, you know, you know me. Um, And I I just started reading it, so I can't give you too much insight on it, but it is a really interesting read. So if, you know, and it talks, there's a lot of different styles of gathering. They talk about, you know, social to, you know, uh, financial to this or, you know, financial, like, you know, whatever, but like, yeah, and they're talking about like all the other things like economics. Anyway, it's just fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, but I would say that that's something that I would love to like, say like, Hey, here's a good read on gathering. Um, second is, you know, uh, just remember that like, there's no wrong way to gather, like other than like, there's no wrong way to have a celebration it may not be everybody's cup of tea with what you're going to do, but that's okay because not everybody's always supposed to be included. So maybe it's, there's so, you know, and it might be a smaller group that quite gets it, but really sometimes momentum picks up after you go. So like, you know, maybe a game night, your first go round is small and intimate. Maybe it's, you know, with a handful of people that really do want to support you and they see that and then maybe the next round is they talk to somebody else and they really want to come join in because they see the value of what they're doing and to remember that it's not about the size or anything it's really about what it's what it means and it's okay that it's small and intimate there's nothing less or more it doesn't mean it's bigger or smaller based on the celebration at all about how many people too so that sounds like a perfect the two perfect bits of wisdom from the planner extraordinaire, Miss Kelly Holcomb. <laughs> All right, my friend, where can people follow you if they would like to, to do so? And I highly recommend that. Her Instagram feed, you guys, is straight fire. She posts the most amazing tablescapes. And you guys know by now, I'm like obsessed with tablescapes. Uh, but her Instagram feed is phenomenal. And I highly recommend that you do that. So let everybody know, where can they follow you? Oh, well, thank you for that. And there's a whole Instagram story thing coming up in this next year. So uh, keep watching out. Um, you can find me at Holcomb Weddings, um, both on Instagram and on Facebook. And my website is Holcomb Weddings too. So keep it real simple. H-O-L-C-O-M-B Weddings with an S. Boom. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. You guys, I, I really, 
I mean, I know that we're like very close personal friends, but on a strictly professional level, my family has hired Kelly. I mean, that's how good she is. I mean, she's tried to refuse our like money. It didn't work. My parents are very, they find very creative ways to like get money to you, but she's amazing. She's amazing. If you live locally and you want some help and support, reach out to Kelly. She'd be more than happy uh, to help. And of course her services are amazing. I mean, it's just, I, I can't professionally recommend uh, you enough. Uh, And then you're just, you're just amazing human. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice package. It's a good human, amazing professional. So you can't go wrong. (laughs) So we will make sure Yes, you are so welcome. And thank you. Thank you for joining us. I will make sure to you guys in the show notes, we will link the book that Callie suggested. I will link her website. Uh, And Jason and I also put together a really kind of concise list of creative ways that we can celebrate at a distance this year on our website, all kinds of great ideas, links to things. We will continue to update it as these new ideas uh, come into our orbit. So please know that that is that is there for you as a resource. As always, we leave these conversations with so many new ideas, so many new tips and tricks. If you guys enjoyed this content, please like and share, subscribe to our uh, podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram. We both, we all have web pages and websites. We're like everywhere. And that's what makes this community so wonderful. Uh, and if you ever have any questions about things that we've talked about, you know how to reach out to us. We're, we're tagged on everything. We love to talk with, with members of our community. Uh, so please do reach out and just know that we are successful because of you. We are members of this community. Callie is an avid supporter of weight loss surgery of bariatric patients. Jason and I clearly have gone through the procedure ourselves. So we are here to help you in in all things weight loss related. We just can't thank you enough for being a part of this community. Jason, want to take us out? I do. Callie, we appreciate it again for you coming. We just appreciate your support uh, to the community as well. All your fantastic ideas. We look forward to implementing those as the year rolls on into the new year. So thank you again. Um, And we appreciate, like April said, we appreciate the support that we've received from the community. We're able to do what we're able to do because you guys are liking and supporting and enjoying the the content. So we're gonna keep doing that and uh, you just keep supporting and following and we will uh, continue to bring our side of things and hold up our side of the bargain. So just remember in, in your wherever whatever level of journey you're on just remember that uh, you've got this and we've got you and uh, we'll see you next time awesome thanks guys thank you fred we'll see you soon bye bye